Welcome to the new. Every experience with God's Word promises to be refreshing and transformational. Receive today's message with high expectations as it brings power, light, and a fresh anointing to your life. Lord, we're here for you. Do in our hearts what only you can do. Endorse at Tilaparos at the bus. Lebahan de Basso Tole Ekras Epando Bos. Zeto Bahara Tina Paradas. Recorias Epando Kos at Tilabas. More than the words you want to hear, God wants to do in your life. Endorse a Paratina Pasa. It doesn't need eternity to do eternal things. So press in the place of prayer. Lebo se Parata Bahan de Basso. Rade Paratila Parateketolas. Leporatina Paratabacosa. Somebody offer up your heart. In the Kessi Paratabacos. Ella Paratabas. I have more than a song today. I brought myself. I am your sacrifice. Cause I have more than a song. Today I brought myself, I brought myself, I am your worship, say I have more than a song, soon I Jesus, we thank you for such a powerful presence in this room. We thank you because you have prepared for us. We thank you, Lord, because much more than physical reactions, spiritual manifestations and transformation is going to break out in this place. Father, we thank you because you are set to do generational, transgenerational things in our lives. And we are open to you. You're the God of all flesh. You're the Father of all spirit. Do what only you can do. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Can you continue playing that tune for me? Thank you. Hallelujah. Please take your seat. Welcome your neighbor. You're welcome to church. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. 
Our theme today is preparing for an encounter. Please preach it to your neighbor, preparing for an encounter. Preparing for an encounter. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want to tell you today that what God calls you is not only for your excitement. Hallelujah. What the name that God calls you is not just to affirm you, it's also to constrain you. Hallelujah. When God calls you a royal priesthood, let's go to um, 1 Peter chapter 2 verse 9. 1 Peter 2 verse 9. It says, but ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people. That ye, should, that ye should show forth the praises of him who had called you out, out of darkness into his marvelous light. Hallelujah. It's saying here that you are a chosen generation. That before the foundation of the world, you were set apart. You were called out of darkness into his marvelous light. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It says that your generation is different than the generation that you find yourself in. It's saying that your own priesthood is a royal one. Your priesthood is not the kind of priesthood that you see on Instagram. Your priesthood is not the kind of priesthood that you see in Harvard Business School. Your priesthood is a different kind of priesthood. It's saying you are a peculiar person. You are different. And that's why the dealings of God in your life has to be different. That's why some things are happening with you, you can't understand it. It's not looking like what's happening with every other person. Because you are peculiar people. Hallelujah. 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 Do you want to know the generation of which you're, you're cut out from? Who wants to know the generation of which they're cut out from? Hallelujah. Please go with me to the book of Micah. Micah chapter 4. Micah chapter 4. It says, Now it shall come to pass in the later days, and the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established on top of the mountains, and shall be exalted above the hills, and the people shall flow to it. Many nations shall come and say, Come and let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. To the house of the God of Jacob. Let me give you another scripture. Please go with me to Psalms 24. Psalms 24. Um, I think that will be verse 4. Please keep to verse 4. Um, verse 5. It says, and he, and he shall receive blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. Next. This is Jacob. The generation of those who seek him, who seek your face, oh God of Jacob. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What I'm saying to you, sir and ma, in this season of preparation of the feast, is that you are of a generation of Jacob. And you have to understand what that means. You are not in Gen Z. You were, you were just born in that time. You are not a millennial. You were just born in that time. You are of the generation of Jacob. And who is the generation of Jacob? Who is Jacob in scripture? Jacob is a spiritual prototype of a man who understands how to enter into encounters. Hallelujah. When you look at the book of Genesis, you see as the Bible described Esau and Jacob, the Bible says that Esau was a man of the fields. Jacob was a plain and simple man dwelling in tents. 
Hallelujah. Man of the field is everywhere we are seeing you. Every party, every luncheon, every conference. Hallelujah. That's the generation of Esau. There's no quietness in their spirit. Man does at take about also. It's the voices of others that they are hearing. They can't hear the voice of their shepherd because there's too much loudness in here. When God is trying to, you know, enter into your mind, because your mind is a place of his encounters. When he's trying to invade you, he will be hearing the next, the latest song. Hallelujah. Because that's what you watched before you slept. How are you going to have encounters in your dream? You are the generation of Jacob. There is a way to position for encounters. You need to study Jacob. Hallelujah. When you read Micah 4, you read Isaiah 2, the prophecy of the end time. It speaks about the God of Jacob. If you don't understand how to position like Jacob, how to lambano like Jacob, you automatically become an Esau. Hallelujah. Because when it's time for temptation, it's not your mind that will make the decision. A spiritual stature. Hallelujah. It's who you are in the spirit. Jacob, one of the things that you, when you would jump at you when you read and study the life of Jacob is that his eyes were set on spiritual things. Hallelujah. His eyes were set on spiritual things. The Bible says, why will look not to the things which are seen? Because they are temporary. The things which are unseen are eternal. Hallelujah. Esau came before Jacob. And Jacob said, sell me your birthright. And Esau said, of what good is the birthright to me? I can make my own way. I'm already doing great. I have the love of my father. My father loves me. If you read that, you see the Bible says that Isaac loved Jacob, loved Esau, because he usually would eat his game. And the Bible says that Esau said, of what good is a birthright to me? No understanding of spiritual things. Let me tell you what, sir, sir and Mars, there is something in the spirit called spiritual substance. Hallelujah. There's something in the spirit called spiritual substance. An example of spiritual substance is when Jesus was stopped by the tax collector. He didn't have the money in his pocket, but he had the money in the spirit. And he sent Peter and said, go and fish. The first fish that you find, you find the, the, the money in his mouth. An example of spiritual substance is when Peter came to the gate of the beautiful and he saw this man that was lame. He said, silver or gold I have none, but such as I have, I give unto you. He had something. What do you have? What do you have? What Jacob had that day, what he received. You see, the moment Esau said, take what's better rights to me. The Bible says it's called the right of the firstborn. When you read the following scripture, you find that there was the, the, the environment just began to militate against Esau. Even though he felt like he was positioning himself, yes, I'm the one that the father is going to give the blessing. No, 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 no. According to the, to the to spiritual order, he had sold it out. So the environment had to make sure that the one that had that spiritual substance received the blessing. Hallelujah. There's such a thing that can come upon your life that is called the spirit of wisdom. You don't need to have the money. But when you speak, people submit their treasures to you. Hallelujah. 
Another person that we're going to look at, who we see that dealing, is Anna. Hallelujah. The Bible says that Anna was married to Elkanah, who loved her very much. And there was Penina. She had children in her life. As a lot of people have children, but there's no kingdom consequence. By children, I mean the fruits of your life. That there's no kingdom in the middle of it. It's just, it, it, there's no, it's, not, it's not sounding in heaven. Hallelujah. But if you read that scripture closely, the Bible says that God shut up her womb. God shut up Anna's womb. As for some of you, God has shut certain doors. He has put a despairing spirit in your heart for you to come to the place of groaning. Because that which he wants to birth out of you is something that is bigger than you. You, you are thinking, for, you are thinking about working in a multinational. God is saying that which I want to birth out of you, within it is encoded the obedience of generations to come. Hallelujah. And the Bible says that Anna came to Shiloh. She left everybody else behind. When you are preparing for an encounter, separation is the first thing that must occur. Hallelujah. You want to go with Instagram into the feast. It's not possible. You want to go with eating, Mac no, there's no McDonald's here. A big Burger King that just opened. You want to open, you want to go with all these things. It's not possible. Hallelujah. You can go with that. You have to come alone. Bear the way you were born. Hallelujah. You have to come alone. If WhatsApp is troubling you, go to Telegram. Hallelujah. There's no much infiltration of darkness in Telegram. Have you noticed? I'm selling their markets for them because I think they are aligned. Hallelujah. You need to guard your, 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 your opportunities for encounters. Hallelujah. We need to guard our opportunities for encounters. The Bible says Anna left everybody. You see, what, one of the interesting things there is Elkanah said, Why are you sad? Am I not worth more to you than ten sons? As there are people who their job is baiting them. Why do you have to pray so hard? Why do you have to press? Some people, it's their background. Their father and their mother is made. They have a lineage of wealth for them. You know, especially when people ask silly questions, you know, or reach silly conclusions, like, oh, it's poverty that makes Nigerians pray hard. You know, like, oh, when you get there, you know, because there's no much, so that means there's no God. Because when the government can meet your needs, what else are you praying for? It's foolishness that makes people, people talk like that. It's because they don't know what Jesus came to give. They think Jesus came to give you a bag of coins, light every day, and running water. Hallelujah. He didn't come to give you that. He didn't come to give you that. He came to put in your heart a kingdom. Hallelujah. And the Bible says from the days of John the Baptist, this kingdom that Jesus came to put in your heart, the, 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 the intelligence of that kingdom is violence. It's violence. If you're not violent, they are not seeing you. You are just there, man. The best In those for some people, their bed is their problem. You have not you have not carried the pack of core carpenter to come and pack it and say, I need to lift this bed. I need to give this bed out. Let me be sleeping on the floor so that I will be able to wake up. If you have not gotten to that place, then you don't want it enough. 
you just think you do. Hallelujah. You just think you do. You think you do. You think you do. Hallelujah. You know, the, another one that makes me, you know, really just look at people is when they say, you know, we don't really need all those things. While that is true, the way the word of God comes alive is that the word becomes an experience. Hallelujah. That's when the word of God comes alive. When the word becomes an experience. This word was not meant to just be here. It was meant to be here. And you have to birth it in the place of prayer. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Another thing that you look at when you see the life of Jacob. And you see the life of Anna. And you see time will not permit me to go into Jesus. Who is our utmost sacrifice? Our utmost um, prototype brother. A sacrifice. Sacrifice. We've been talking about the feast. We've been talking about giving. Hallelujah. You see, there's a way you give. Your flesh must die. Your flesh will die. It doesn't have a choice. But you see, you, you can't hear God when your flesh is too loud. Hallelujah. You can't hear God. God is saying, this is a season to give sacrificially. And this is the time you are now using that scripture of the widow's might. And saying, no, Jesus did not say, he said that, you know, it's not about the money. It's about what you have. No, he didn't say what you have. He said, this woman came and gave all. Hallelujah. He spoke about all. It was all she gave. She gave her widow's might everything she had. Hallelujah. And that's why Jesus had to stop to say, who is this person? Even though it looks like a coin, it was all. In this season of, of the feast of sowing, you should be giving all. Hallelujah. The way of the world is the smart woman money way. You know, you align your money and say, no, I'm buying assets. I'm buying this. I'm buying that. That's not the way of the kingdom. Hallelujah. Your money is not your money. Your money is his money. So that he can put in your hands the money that is not your money, that is his money, that you used to change the world. But I'm a smart woman. They say we should. That's not your Bible. Granted, there are some things that you should do. You shouldn't allow mammon. Get, I don't know. But yeah, you shouldn't allow mammon. Get into your heart. But that's not your reference point. Hallelujah. You know, some people think they can save their way into God's agenda. It's by saving. Oh, it's my savings. Oh, it's my savings. It's my savings. And that's how the angels who are looking at you. And it's our savings too. You are not qualified. It's safe for those people who are ready to die. You have to die. Hallelujah. You have to die. You have to die. You have to die. The difference between you and P.S. It's not really that P.S. was just, you know, when God called him out of darkness, that you, ah, all of you move aside. You, I'm going to tell you. That's not the difference. The difference between you and P.S. is the level of sacrifice and the level of death. The difference between you and Reverend K. is death. You have to die. Please preach it to your neighbor. You have to die. You have to die. Another thing you see in their life is intensity. Glory to God. Please preach it to your neighbor. Intensity is your friend. 
Stop running from intensity. No, pretty too. Help me, help me. Hallelujah. You see, there are certain things in your life that you cannot press out unless there's intensity in the mix. It's not possible. You're saying, why do I have to pray for three hours? You have to pray for three hours because what God wants to birth inside of you is bigger than you. That's why. Why do I have to wake up by 12 even though I'm going to work by 5? Why do I have to do all of these things? It's because the Bible says you are a royal priesthood, a peculiar people, a chosen generation. Oh, but we can sing it. I am who you say I am. I am chosen, not forsaken. You are thinking God says I'm loved, I'm beloved. The devil is, oh God, even though I say nothing, he's not counting it against me. He's not counting it against you, but he's also pulling you into encounters. He's pulling you into encounters. That's your destiny. Hallelujah. He says you are a chosen generation. That when he's looking upon the earth, he is looking at a line of people who are of a certain generation, the generation of Jacob. Their prototype is encounters. And that is who you are. So in this moment, just as I close, you see, there's nowhere else there's no way to secure your life than to put it in the move of God. When you align your will with God and you are, you are being carried by the move, nothing can stand in your way because what can stand in God's way? And you see, as we were praying on, son, on Sunday, God said to me, I'm giving people Hannah moments. Where that business, you are not starting that business because they said it's the next big thing. You're starting it because it's an agenda of God. And that's why you're going to be a custodian of wealth. Not because you want it. Or not because you, 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 are, you are declaring it. You know, there are some kinds of declaration that is actually, on, is on, what is under it is the spirit of mammon. Do you know that? Do you know that any, any declaration that doesn't come from the place of prayer first is just self-deception? Hallelujah. Because it is after you have prayed and the book is open to you. That is when you begin to declare what God has written. And that is when it has an impact upon the earth. If you are just declaring that in the year 2022, before the end of 2022, I would write Murano. And God is like, no, you can't write Murano because the box you are sitting in safe. You have not paid for the person that is sitting beside you. You have no witness to God because you feel like, no, my type, they don't need me inside a gay gay boss. No, you can't write Murano. Because if God is going to give you that Murano, he has to know that kingdom is going to be instituted in the middle of it. We're talking about the season of the feast. There are people who are going to be traveling from far and wide. But some people, not here. Hallelujah. Please preach it to your neighbor. Not here. Not here. The people here will open their doors. Hallelujah. The people here will open their doors. And give people room to sleep. Because they, might just, might be, they just might be hosting an angel. 
Not this one, you are driving, you are just going. You see your me, ah, ah, brothers and sisters. You see your brethren on the road, trying to jump us and just be like, oh Lord, my God, how excellent. No, it's not excellent. It's not excellent. The spirit of excellence in you should have told you that there are people give them a ah, ah, ah. Hallelujah. You hear someone beside you. See, ah, you know, I'm just even trying to, I don't know, I just have 200 left to me. And you act like, <laughs> hey, Pasoladi, you know, but don't call Pasoladi. <laughs> Hallelujah. No. With everything PS has been saying about the feast, about what we're doing, the move of God, I, God the Holy Spirit is speaking to you. He's like, give your salary. Mkolembawi. <laughs> I didn't hear that too. It's like this clothes in your wardrobe. Pack it out. Leave only five. But I know I bind you. The Lord is, I'm, I'm in a season of abundance. Abundance around me. You know, as, as, as P.S. taught us, you are using the word of God for the word of God. You know? You are using faith for God. You know? In, in a counter way. God says, don't go. Say, I'll go and I'll cross over. <laughs> be like, wow. The angels will be like, ah, <laughs> so I'm strong. <laughs> wow, wow. You've seen your, your family lineage. And it, it's as though there's, there are demonic patterns there. People don't get married early. You see, the best way to secure your own marriage is to put it in God. I don't care what demonic line be demon generational power was upon Anna. The moment she said, Give him to me and I will give him back to you. You think any demon say, eh, eh, excuse me, sir. She can't go. She can't have a child though. Nah. God was giving her Samuel, who was going to ordain the king, who was eventually going to ordain David. Who Jesus was going to come out of his lineage. So it wasn't about Sam, it wasn't about Anna. It was about what he wanted to do. The moment you come to a place of encounter, the obedience that God births out of you is a generational obedience. You move away from the place of empty, empty doings. You're just doing things as a lot of people are doing things in the generation. But there's no kingdom consequence. Your, your obedience. Is not found within the obedience of Jesus. That is found within the obedience of Noah. That is found within the obedience of Abraham. Uh, because you don't know the extent to which your obedience is going. God, the Spirit of God showed up to a boy, a 17-year-old boy, in Spot Center, in OAU, and said, raise me a supernatural army. And he got up and went about the father's business. In a place, met him in a place of, of sacrifice and a posture of pursuit. Looking for an encounter. And that's why you are here today. You are a product of encounter. So how dare you not birth encounters? You are a product of encounters. Please preach it to your neighbor. You are a product of encounters. Let me tell you practically. As you step out of here now, I can assure you, if you have that Netflix series and you go back to it, all these things, as I'm saying, is going to fly out of your head. Yes. What you do is you guard what you have heard. You guard it. 
You don't live here without going to your pastor and saying, I need to, I know I need to press in. There's something I've been feeling. When you read the book of the book of Samuel and you see the way Anna was praying, the Bible says her lips were moving. She was moved with a despairing spirit. In the same way, Jesus, the Bible says, He said, My soul is sorrowful within me. You must enter into the place of groanings. Where that which God has written concerning you, the Holy Spirit comes to you and he, and he holds on to your hands and he begins to pray in tongues. He begins to birth mysteries out of you. That's when you begin to enter into things that you never even thought you just stumble into it. This one is not by my passion. This is what they say I should do. I'm learning. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that which was written concerning your life when God called you out of darkness and he sent you forth to the earth. There's something that was written concerning you. And for you to bet that, it can only be unlocked by encounters. So let's stop all, this, all these things that doesn't make sense. Please, let's stop it. There's some things I hear about some people. I'm like, you can't grow like this. You can't grow like this. Always on your phone, always checking Instagram. You don't have time for the word. You don't have time for messages. You don't have time for prayer. You don't have a location in your budget for giving. What kind of culture is that? That's not the kingdom culture. We need to let it go. Please preach it to your neighbor. Let it go. That's a smelly habit. It's not found amongst us here. No, let me preach it. Let me preach it. It's a smell, smell habit. It's not found amongst us here. Hallelujah. That's for smelly people. That's not for sons that God is raising. Hallelujah. If you need to submit your phone to your pastor for three days, do it. I do it for people. I look at them like the, the level of carnality that is inside your chest. You will need to submit this phone for one month. Too. Are you ready? Eh, Ma, I'll be thinking about it. Okay. When you're ready, let me know. Oh, Ma, I'm ready. Yes. Let's walk the journey together. You won't die without your phone. Have you noticed? Any business deal that goes, that means it's not supposed to stay. Do you understand what I'm saying? The Bible says about David that they stood till he came. Your boss that you can't go to, that, oh, sir, I'm not be able to come. It's probably because you shouldn't even have been working there in the first place. That job is Ishmael. That job is, no, any job that doesn't give you time for God is Ishmael. No, I'm actually being serious. Any job that takes away your commitment to God, takes away your consecration to God, takes your focus from your Lord, the one whom you are living this life for is Ishmael. It's a distraction. It's a distraction. And this is why a lot of people don't even understand what it means for God to be your provider. Because that job is your provider. You are taking every chance for Yahweh to show up and to nourish you and to carry you through seasons and to provide for you, for you to have encounters that people will say, God spoke to me about you and he said I should send you 50K. Don't you think those kind of things would, 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 would carry your faith to the next level? No, speak to me. Why don't we have those kinds of, those kinds of, of experiences amongst us anymore? It's because people keep taking the chances away for God to, to come alive. Keep taking it away. Keep taking it away. Your head is aching you. Before you do, you think it's COVID symptom. Let me go and take COVID test. No, that's not my... I'm not supposed to go into that. Hallelujah. 
Can you just lift your hands to God? Lift your hands to God. Mandosa Bahala Bahasa. Your worship. Accept this living sacrifice. This living sacrifice. time receive the sacrifice receive this living sacrifice I am your worship hallelujah hallelujah what a season we are in what a season Pastor Debbie, thank you so much for that word. You know, I had a feeling that you have peeped inside Pastor Dito's message. <laughs> Hallelujah. But what a season we are in. What a season. What a season. What a season. And I just want to say that, you know, one of the best things that can happen to you in this season is that God penetrates you unhindered. Unhindered. That he penetrates your life. Ah. Praise God. Father, we thank you. Just lift your hands with me and say, Father, we thank you for your word. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. We pray, oh God, for encounters in this season. Encounters, encounters, encounters in the name of Jesus. All right. I would read a couple of scriptures and... um, I will just do what I'm here to do this evening. Praise God. Um, Quickly, let's open to John 1. John chapter 1 from verse 35 to 39. Thank you, Jesus. All right. Good. All right. Thank you very much. All through the scriptures, just give me NKJV. You know, this is perfect. All right. So we read um, from... 35, it says, again, the next day, John stood with two of his disciples and looking at Jesus as he walked, he said, behold, the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard him speak and they followed Jesus. 38, then Jesus turned and seeing them following, said to them, what do you seek? They said to him, Rabbi, which is to say when translated teacher, where are you staying? He said to them, come and see. Then they came and saw where he was staying and remained with him that day. Now it was about the 10th hour. Amen. Praise God. Let's open Psalm 51. Psalm 55, sorry. Isaiah 55, pardon me, verse 1. Isaiah 55, verse 1. We're going to come back to this scripture. Isaiah 55, verse 1. All right. It says, Ho, everyone who thirsts, Come to the waters, and you who have no money, come, buy and eat. Yes, come, buy wine and milk without money and without price. Psalm 63, verse 1. Thank you, Father. 
Thank you, Father. Psalm 63, verse 1. Oh God, you are my God. Early will I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you in a dry and testy land where there is no water. I'll stop there for now and read other scriptures later. And I want to go back to John 1 because, you know, I mean, Pastor Debe has delved into a lot of what I was going to say. In John 1, 35 to 39, Jesus, I mean, John and his disciples, a lot has been, you know, John had, excuse me, John had um, said so much about Jesus to his disciples and then Jesus was passing. And Jesus noticed them coming after him. They were following him. I don't know how much they had heard, but then they started following Jesus and Jesus stopped and looked back and asked them a very, very profound question. What do you seek? What exactly is it that you're after? You know, it could, it, it could look like Jesus at that point. You know, Jesus wasn't, he wasn't afraid. Maybe he was walking past and walking fast. And then he had to, he noticed that somebody was going, you know, um, after him. And then, he, you know, he just checked to see, ah, why are these people, they follow me now? <laughs> Jesus, and whenever Jesus, whenever you see a, a, a question, whenever Jesus asks a question in the scriptures, it's not out of ignorance. God is always pointing our attention to something. God is always trying to get your attention to see beyond what you are seeing now. And so Jesus stopped and said, what exactly do you seek? What is that thing that you're looking after? You're looking, you know, um, you're, you're, you're pursuing after. What exactly, what is it? But, you know, what happens after that scripture, if you read verse 38 into 39, they asked him a question. And they said, Lord, teacher, where do you stay? And I believe that when Jesus asked that question, he wanted to know what their heart was longing for. He wanted to know what their heart was yearning for. And said, and you know, when they asked that question, Lord, where do you stay? And Jesus said, come and see. You know why? Because Jesus knows. It's easy for us to say that we thirst and yearn for God. It's easy for us to open our mouth and say, Lord, I yearn after you. I thirst for you. There is always an action. There is always an action that follows your thirst. Like Pierre says every time that the, um, oh, help me. The evidence of your desire, what is pursuit. So Jesus knew we can all come together. We can all lift our voices and say, Lord, I desire you. Lord, I thirst after you. Lord, I long after you. But what you do after is the most important thing. They said, Lord, where do you stay? Where are you dwelling? Jesus said, come and see. I can't, it's not by, it's not, it's not by words alone. It's by what you do. And that's why if you read Isaiah 55, um, 55, you will see that in that verse 1 alone, Jesus, that scripture talks about come. He said it about four times. Come, you who thirst, come. So there is an action that precedes and that follows that thirst. It's not just about talking about it. It's not just about saying it. Because Jesus knows. And I'm going to just, you know, use Claire, you know, um, congregation, I mean, the church today, 
a lot of us, we come to church. We say we long after God. We say we want him. But really, we are coming because of something that we want to get from God. Listen, the most important thing that you can do in your life is to chase after God. I know you have many things on your mind. I know you have many things that you're seeking for. But you see this man, Jesus. Ephesians 3.19 talks about, you know, um, that we may be filled to the measure of the fullness of Christ. God wants to fill you up. Your thirst, your hunger must be about the man, Jesus. If Jesus is not the object of your pursuit, if he's not the object of your thirst or your hunger, you have not started. It's something else that you're chasing after. If he is not the one, if he, Jesus himself, is not the one, it's something else. And so, we are in a season where for the past two, three weeks, four weeks thereabout, we're talking about the feast, the feast, and how to stay hungry, how to prepare, preparing for encounters, preparing. You can say it, you can sing it, you can do everything with it. But if you don't do, if you don't come to him, you have not started pursuing. If you don't come to Jesus, because he is the object of what you are pursuing after, if he's not the center, if it's something else you are pursuing, it will show. Eventually it will show. Because see guys, let's, 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 let's be done with claiming that we are chasing God when we know at the bottom of our heart we are just chasing what we can get from him. We are just chasing what we can get. So at the back of your mind, the reason you are doing all that you are doing is that ah, you have you have tied it to ah, and I'm not I'm not here to say don't have expectations. I'm saying that the most important thing that you can anchor your life on is that you're in pursuit of Jesus daily. Every single day. See, I made a statement at the beginning that the best thing that can happen to you in this season and beyond is that God can penetrate you through and through without any hindrance. Without any hindrance whatsoever. You know, that's the way we come to God. I'm saying that God is God is what your heart really yearns for. Not, not something else. Not, not having at the back of your mind the car you want to buy, the job you want to change or anything. Is that you are saying, Lord, if I don't have you, I don't have anything. Is that you are saying, you are the most important thing in my life. You are what my life is anchored on. And so I will chase after you daily. You see, we talk about, <laughs> Pastor Debra has talked about it this evening again. We've been talking about seeds. We've been talking about so many things. And you know that there's a way. Ah. So I want to say, my heart would yearn for God in this season. My heart will yearn for God this season. And I will yearn to do his bidding. You see, your first. You know, we talk about obedience every time obeying God, God giving us instructions and all of that. You know, there's a way, you know, I know that some people will be able to relate with it. 
There's a way that God gives you an instruction. Hmm? And when the instruction comes, you are connecting it to something that you have been believing God for. There may be, and your obedience is anchored on that, not because he just told you to. Your obedience is anchored on the fact that, ah, this instruction might be, co- might be connected to that thing I'm believing God for. And so you do in that light. I'm saying where your life becomes very transparent, that when God wants to do something, he's eager to come to you, to give you an instruction, because he knows that when he comes to you, 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 are, you just want to carry out the bidding of the Lord. You just want to do what he says to you. That's all that is on your mind. You just want to do it. Do, do just that. Not having at the back of your mind, you know, one thing. And I'm, I'm, I'm hitting that and saying that purposely because I realize that we do that a lot. There's something, there's usually something that we are connecting one thing to. There's something, there's always something at the back of your mind. So when God says, sow that seed, ah, I'm already thinking, maybe it's that guy I want to buy you. And so you have calculated it that, okay, I'll do it based on that. <laughs> but God is looking for people who are, <laughs> whose lives are not their own. Like, you're, you know your life and you are living like your life is not your own. And you're just living. And you're just, you're just waiting for the next instruction to obey. Not because of anything, because your heart yearns for him. And you want to do what he says. You want to be like him. And so as we prepare for the feast, as we prepare, as we set our minds, what exactly do you seek? Is it God? What exactly do you seek? What exactly do you seek? There's so many things that your heart can yearn after. There's so many things that your heart can long after. But God wants your heart. God wants your heart. God wants your heart. God wants you. God wants you to be with him. Be with him. And in this season, God is looking for dwellers. People who will come and stay. People who will come and seek him through, true, true. Like, come and seek him truly. Dwellers. Not people who are just, who just want to collect and go. Because you know what? God has had enough of that. And in this season where we are, this season where we are, it's a strange season, guys. Very strange one. This season where we are, God is looking for people who, who are ready to, you know, I, I usually, in my head, it, it's like a partition. If you partition this stage into two, for instance, there are people who come, who come just to stay here. This is, this is where God wants you. There are people who just come to this place to collect and go. God knows them already. <laughs> there are people who just come here. And when God sees them, they are coming already. What is today? What is today? What is today? What is today? And you know what? Because he's a merciful God, sometimes he'll give you what you want and go. But he won't use you for what he wants to use you for. And there are people, when they step to the front, when they come in front of God, God knows that, ah, these ones have come to stay. They open. And then God takes you in, sits with you, cooks you up. What you are seeking for, what you are looking for is in Christ. And you keep coming as though he's not more than able to do. But God is looking for people who will come and dwell first. Who will come and sit with him. Who he can rub minds with. Who he can share his plans with. Who he can share his ideas with. Who he can, you know, share what he has. The burden on his heart for his kingdom. One of the greatest things that can happen to you for, after this feast is that you come out. 
burdened for God. I'm telling you, burdened for God. Like you are coming out, and you God because the pastor was talking about encounters. And one of the things that will happen as you prepare, and I hope you are not waiting for the feast before you start, you know, seeking and thirsting after God and all of that. Because one of the things that should happen right now as we speak is that you are spending time with God. You are getting to know Him more. You are praying. You are taking time out. You are spending time in the Word, spending time in the place of prayer, and just, and just, you are there and just saying, Lord, give me an encounter with you. I just want to know you. Nothing else. I'm not here. And you know, Pastor has been talking about it. I hope you're not, you're not, you're not, all of this is not for the tangible things that you can see that can rot and just you know disappear in the in the in, in the in, in, in twinkle of an eye. You're coming for intangible things that God, it's me and you. Just I just want more of you, more of you, more of just fill me up, fill me up with knowledge of you, oh God. I want to know you more. And you stay there, and then God begins to imprint his heart upon yours begins to take away everything called self begins to remove it because the one of the greatest and this one of the greatest stumbling blocks between ourselves and God is ourselves because this flesh always wants to have a part but Paul said I'm crucified with Christ nevertheless I live yet no, but not me but Christ that lives in me God wants to live through you leave yourself alone just just come to him. Just come and, and really yearn and test after this God that can change everything in the twinkle of an eye. Listen, guys. I remember, I think it was two Sundays ago, three Sundays ago. Yeah, about three Sundays ago. And I remember that during that service, ah, I knew that something had switched. Something had switched. There are graces that you need to walk in that you haven't started working in. And you need to start, you need to pursue God because when you, when you come to God, he clothes you with something new. I'm saying that you know that something has changed about your life. It's not about the car that you're driving. It's not about the job that you have. It's not about the money in your bank account. But that being with God is just enough for you. Because when you are in that place, God clothes you with something new. That people see you, they know that something has changed. You yourself, you know that you are walking in a newness that you have not walked in before. And that's what your world is waiting for. It's not your Guess what? The world is not waiting. It's not waiting for the money. It's not waiting for the cars. It's not waiting for... The world is waiting for what you carry. The world is waiting for what you carry. You, what you carry. What is inside. What is inside of you. And you can't get that outside God. Just in case you ever thought that, you know, if you do one plus one plus two together, you can come up with, you know. <laughs> Praise God. Praise God. And so what do we do in this season? We run after God. We spend time in the word. We spend time in prayer. In prayer. We go on our knees and say, Lord, just, just clothe me afresh. Give me something new. Just, just fill me up. Fill me up with you. Fill me up with your presence. Fill me up. Till I, till I, just fill me up. You're all I want. You're all. It's beyond words, guys. Remember, there's always an action. So don't come into the feast and keep saying, Lord, I thirst after you. Lord, I yearn for you. 
Lord, I'm hungry for you. And then you're doing absolutely nothing. And you just walk into the feast casually. Just bounce. <laughs> ah. There's a pursuit. And Jesus is saying, come. 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 Because God knows. You see that question that God asked those disciples? He said, come and see. They said, where, are, where do you dwell? Because we come, we say, Lord, we want you, we want you. But God said, come, come and see. They had a choice to actually go or just turn back. The question is, will you go? Will your actions match up with the words that you say? When you say that you seek God, do you really mean it? Or are you just saying it so that we can hear? Are you, are you just saying it, you know, in the congregation so that everybody can hear? We can sing it all out. We can raise our voices. But what you do in the secret place is what that matters. Nothing else. Nothing else. And so we go. We position ourselves. You know, like that, like that picture of myself and PD snaps. We just, this is how you are waiting. And let me tell you what happens when you stay in the secret place. You stay there long enough that God rubs himself on you. God puts his impressions on your heart. You have encounters. So during the feast, physical feast, <laughs> I hope you know that this feast that we're having here is physical. There's a feast in the spiritual that is already happening. So when you come in the physical for the feast and words begin to come out, this is how you are. Because God has given you a template for this season, for your life, and you know. So when that word comes out, bam! You are on the lookout for your word. This is how you are. You're on the lookout. You know, you can just come. Woo, 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 woo. We can all sing, 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 sing. Woo, woo. But there's a posture to take in the spirit. And that thing starts from now. Not when the feast starts. That feast, December 3rd to 5th, is physical. Oh. There's a one in the spirit. That must match up to what you experienced that day. So in the spirit, your, your heart is open. God has impressed his, his, his doings on your heart. You have had encounters upon encounters with God before the day of the feast. And then you are here, oh God. And God is saying, now, when you come here, watch out for your word. And when you see your word, when you hear your word, you will know. When you hear your word, you will know. Because when you spend time with God, God will speak to you. The, the templates of your of your life. You see, one of the things I believe about this feast is that it's about coming into stature. And really, that's what my heart yearns for. Like there is a cut out in the spirit that the you that you see now is not you. If you think that the you that you see now is all there is to you, ha, huh. guys, there is a cut out in the spirit. There is a frame that must be filled up, that you must attend to in this feast. Come into stature. Turn to your neighbor and say, come into stature. And it doesn't happen on that day. You start now. Because for this season that we're entering, for this season of this season, it's, and it's a long season. Because... <laughs> You know, Pierce has been talking about the end of the year and how he feels we need to press in, press in, press in. There's something that needs to be squeezed out in the place of the spirit. There is a, there is a chiseling out. Mm-hmm. There's a, there, you, 
something has to happen. There's something, some things need to be cut off. There are some people you are carrying garbage, weight, weight that cannot allow you to express the fullness of God in this season that is coming or that is already here. So things need to, things need to, some things need to drop off. You need to take up new skin. You need to take up new graces and then attain stature. If God should open our eyes to who we are, even you, when you see it, you'll be like, Euronium, what am I doing here? I'm saying there is more. And that more is in God. Nowhere else. There is more. 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 There is a stature that you must attain. There's something that God needs from you in this season. There's a stature that you must attain to carry out the works of God in this season. You can't do it based on this level, guys. And that's why there's a cry in the spirit. Ah, man. That prayer on Sunday. I was wishing that we should just continue. I'll just be there. Ah, Pity, I've been thinking that I don't know how we can do it. How we can do 24 hours. I'm serious. If you pray 24 hours <laughs> and you stay there, maybe sometime before the end of the year, I don't know, but we need, like, there, there, there is a chiseling that needs to happen that you just stay there, you're just praying in tongues. One hour gone, not to talk of 24 hours, and you're there. Oh, you will see things. God will open your eyes. And God, you, you, you see yourself, you know, because we, and I've, I realize that this thing is a function of sight. If you don't see it, you can't enter it. If you don't see this new stature, if you don't see the stature that you need to attain, you can't enter it. And until you stay in the place of prayer for God to open your eyes to see you. And that's why that scripture in Ephesians 1 is very important. God opens a flood of heart with light. Flood a heart with light. Because God knows. His sight. If you don't see it, that's why God had to, at every point in time, God had to show people, God had to show his children an image to see something, to see something, to see something. So that when you catch it, <clears throat> all right, you cannot start running with it. You run, you run, you run, you run. And so I believe strongly in my heart. That this feast is going to be on another level. And not because not because we are trying to say it. It's because that's what it is. That's what it is. And so, what you do matters a lot. It's not what you say. It's the action that you take. It's what you, you know, you know, there's a difference between if I tell Pastor Tosin that, ah, Pastor Tosin, I feel like, feel like eating, I feel like taking parfait, for instance. <laughs> I won't take mega chicken rice or something. You know, I can just say it. I feel like, I've, has, any, has this thing happened to anybody before? You feel like taking something. The thing might be miles away, but because you want it so much, if you have to fly bike 800 to the place, you'll go. Mm. But, you know, you can say it. Ah, I feel like taking this thing you know, and leave it there. Wish, desire, doesn't do anything. Action, if you don't pursue. 
and the, what shows that you really wanted that thing, that food, is the action that you took. You climbed bike, you walked on your street, you, you were just, you just felt like, and that's it. And that's how we must run after God. We must thirst after him. We must go after him. Hallelujah. 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 I'm going to pray next few minutes. I'm just going to ask God for a fresh test. Because, you know, for some of us, the company we keep, the places we have been to, the things we have done, they have just, they have, they have poured water on whatever it is that is called test. You, there's no test again. They have taken it away from you. And you're going to ask God for a fresh test, a fresh hunger. God, for you. Like, ah, I don't have to explain this thing more than what I'm saying, no. Is that God is the, is the center. You know that, that song that says, Jesus at the center of it all. You are all that matters from beginning to the end. It's about you. From beginning to the end, Lord is you. It's you that I seek after. Nothing else. The cars, the jewels, the gold, everything, the job, all of these things don't matter. Because when I'm in you, these things will follow after all. So we go, we go after what is very, very important. Just lift your hands and ask God for a fresh test. Lord, a fresh test. Fresh test, oh God. To long after you, to run after you, to thirst after you. Come on, lift your voice. Lift your voice, lift your voice. Rabaka soferedi elegebarada balakata yarada balagadasha. Paka soferedi elegede. Come on, two more minutes. Let's go ahead and pray in the spirit. If you're with us online, you don't want to miss out on what is about to happen. Rethele baratene brande benedigra dante selfra ninde shella bradada Rede balagayande belegatre dobra nimbra da nende bradoga la kelega lagata Fresh thirst, O God, and my nimbrada kala tende bradoga yadaga We chase after you, we come after you Ereda bane bredore getinda benda balagande belegende da brada gelegelega legalagada Ele barate le vende prodigra donderia de lega atone badiga lagatele galagata Eya gatonde beliga balaga redene mananga ya denge legila galonga lekina nadagada Ere namande belonde beladon belaga yende belagada nanda nandende nandende nanginda nananga ya dega ya dege Eri galagada balaga ya nebelegele bologota nanandegelegelega lagalagada Retelegedegede galagayate elebarata manemenda banananda Amene mando belogita nenge lagane manombele dira balaga ya delegelegelegede if I was thirsty like you, if you were thirsty like me, I think you'd stand up. Ebara, 
the stature to which you have called us open our ears to hear wondrous things out of your law and may our hearts conceive may our hearts conceive eternity the eternity that you have set in our heart may we actually come into a consciousness of it and lose taste for the mundane lose taste for the rat race Lose taste for that which the Gentiles seek. May our hearts be pruned to come after you and you alone, O God. You and you alone. You and you alone, Father. That is our prayer this evening. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Let's sit for a minute. We'll be out of here very soon. But as we close, I'd like to look, look, look us, I'd like us to look through a scripture. Luke chapter 18. Luke chapter 18 and verse 18. Luke 18 and verse 18. It says, Now a certain ruler asked him, saying, Good teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? This was a man who had a level of thirst. What that means is that he had done an assessment of his life. And he had seen that there was something extra that he required for his journey on earth. And he came to none other than life himself. Hallelujah. Oh, the Bible says that in him was life and that life was the light of men. He came to life himself and asked this amazing question. He says, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said to him, why do you call me good? No one is good, but one that is God. You know the commandments. Do not commit adultery. Do not murder. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Honor your father and your mother. And he proudly said, hallelujah. You know, there are some of us in this room right now. We feel that we are ready for the feast. Hallelujah. We are like, oh, come on, bring it on, pastor. Bring the word. We are ready for the feast. We are ready. We are in position already. We are in pursuit already. We, are, we, are, we have analyzed everything. And we are like this ruler. See what he said. He says, all these things I have kept from my youth hallelujah and then jesus switched it up on him you know i like jesus he doesn't he doesn't let those things go free he will give it to you hot hot hallelujah and then when jesus heard these things he said to him you still lack one thing listen folks before i go into the next verse which is the crux of what i want to share and to remind us of listen folks you know what bible says he says having done all to stand stand 
therefore, what that means is that you must always continuously be on the lookout. Am I still in pursuit? Because guess what? As you go through life, as you go through your days, your pursuit can dissipate. Hallelujah. Your hunger and your thirst can dissipate. Life will make demands of your hunger and your thirst. And it may seem like what you were in position to, okay, I'm ready to receive. You may have drifted away by the winds and the storm. It's like a, a boat that is going on the sea. Hallelujah. If you don't continuously check your compass, you are headed for Peru where you should be going for Europe. Hallelujah. You must continue to check in. Like Jesus told him, one thing you are still lacking. There's still an adjustment that is required. When Pastor Ladi was talking about a chiseling, I imagined a square peg that is onto, supposed to enter into a square hole. But there's a, there's a part of the square peg that has there's something that has been added to it. Some weight. Some, some, some things that need some extra chiseling so you can fit into the stature that God has called you to be. One thing you still lack. Hallelujah. We must continue to check and to analyze. God, am I still on course? Am I still in the right position to receive that which you want to give me at this feast? There's a desire in your heart, but there's a desire in the Father's heart where your life is concerned, and that must be your utmost pursuit. One thing you still lack. See what Jesus told him. He said, sell all you have and distribute to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven and come and follow me. So many instructions in that. But I'd like to focus on one first. He said, sell all you have and give. Yes, and give. Why didn't he tell him only to fast and pray? Why didn't he tell him just follow me? Okay, if you've obeyed a bit, just come and follow me. There is, do you see what he said? He says, then you will have treasure in heaven. That sounds like the intangibles. Listen, friends. One of the things that happens when we give is that we let go of something in the natural so that we can gain something in the spiritual. And that thing in the spiritual will have an impact on the natural. That's what happens when we give. So therefore, that man that is on the internet or that your friend that is discouraging you from practicing the principles of scripture, he is robbing you of the intangibles. I mean, I ask myself, why did Solomon burn? Why did he have to do a thousand bond offering? I mean, what? Why? Why? If you look at that scripture in the book of 2 Chronicles, 1st or 2nd Chronicles chapter 1. Look at the conversation. When he gave that burnt offering, the Lord appeared unto him and said, ask what you want and I'll give it to you. And then he began to analyze. He said, you have made me king over this number of people. How am I going to succeed at this work that you have handled to me? How am I going to be able to do well? I think it's wisdom I need. Give me wisdom. And God said, because you asked for wisdom, all these other things, length of days, riches, success, and everything is going to be added to you. He asked for something intangible. When something goes up from hell and from earth to heaven, intangibles are the things that come down. What did he say in the book of Malachi? He said, bring me the tithe. Approve me if I'm not open the windows of heaven. I'm pour out a blessing and blessed be the Lord and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings where in the intangible realms when we are giving and when we are practicing giving we are talking about the intangibles look at what he told him 
He said, when you do this giving, something happens in the realm and in the heavens above you. Then, are you empowered to follow me? Listen, you cannot of by your own strength follow the Father. You need his empowerment to follow you. Look at what he said, how God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and in power. Then he went about doing good. There was an intangible force upon him that, was en that enabled him to be what he was called to be. Intangibles. Intangibles. Look at what Paul said. No other church communicated with me concerning giving and receiving like you all. Therefore, my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory. How can Isaac just sit down in his room? I can imagine the bed. Six by seven, king size. And all he required was for his son to bring and then to be declaring words over, over, over Jacob. He says, you'll be blessed above your brother. The Lord will give you the rain of heaven, the dew of heaven. Look at those kind of statements, just words. And something rested upon Jacob from that day. And from that day, everything began to align for his good. Intangibles. So if you're here today, I want to remind you about that gift. Because those that are going to be like this man, oh, wait, no, well, not be like him. Because if you read the end of the story, but when he heard this, he became very sorrowful because he was very rich. Or like we like to translate, the riches had him. He lost an opportunity to be part of the, the, the 12 disciples or the 70 or the 120 that were going to receive because there was something that had him instead of him being possessed by a pursuit for the Father. It was a stumbling block that was right there in front of him. When we give on earth, we receive intangibles. When we give here on earth, we change the heavenly atmosphere over us. I'll never forget the day I saw it. Look at how, how there was farming in the land and Elijah was going to do something about it. The Lord told him, get to Heber and tell him there's going to be rain. And yes, he went to pray. But before that, what did he do? He offered burnt offering to the Father. There's something about your giving. There's something about your giving. There's something about your seed. Look at what Bible says. Bible says, Paul planted, Apollos watered, and God was committed to giving the increase. Your job is to plant. His own job is to give the increase. So I encourage you today. There are seeds. Oh. Oh. You will give. <laughs> you will pray. You will fast. And you will give. As you pursue the Father. Pursue instructions. In those, those areas. He said one thing you have lacked. That means that the man presented the good side. <laughs> but Jesus was able to see the path that he had kept at behind. I said, no, you give all. For this pursuit, we give all. In this pursuit, we give everything. In this pursuit, we submit everything. And we listen for instructions. Because what you are hiding from him, it is not compared to what he has for you. It cannot compare. It can't, it can't stand. Do you know who you are? Do you really know who you are? Maybe I... Solomon had a glimpse of who he was. He wanted to be, he knew that he was supposed to be the wisest king ever. 
and then it affected the seeds that they offered burnt offering a thousand burnt offering he knew that ah, my seed has to ah, what i'm chasing after this is what is going to be required and then he provoked what if it was 999 maybe we will not have read the story today it had to be all come on say all ah. come on say all all sell all you have give to the poor he said then come and follow me why we must begin to break the strings because sometimes is it is the money in our hands and the investments in our crypto that has held us back and the investments in mutual funds and investments and those things that have held us that are preventing us from all you're worshiping god and you're quickly ah, has it crashed or that is what is in your mind if when you wake up the first thing you go after ah you give all you give all come and say i give all 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 because when i do that i am receiving intangible ah Jacob understood what intangible was. He schemed for that intangible. He fought for that intangible. He planned way ahead. Do you think it was by impulse that he said, give me the birthright? No, no. He had been planning it and be scheming. How am I going to get this thing? What strategy am I going to put in place? What are the steps that I'm going to do to get that intangible? Because it's only one person that can get it. Okay, I think I'll be able to negotiate for this birthright. And as soon as the opportunity came, collected it guess what guys begin to plan now plan your seeds now and give now give at the feast give beyond be like the macedonian church and they gave beyond their power you stretch in your giving because let me tell you something when the harvest because god is committed to the harvest bible says he gives seed to the sower and bread to the eater god who gives seed to the sower and bread to the eater he will multiply your seed sown and increase you cannot hand it over to god and it remains bible says the blessing of the lord it make it it is a making intangible that thing that you have been trying to guard by your skill and your ability and your strength and your strategies submit it to god and let's see him in action hallelujah submit it <laughs> you hand it over and say, God, I choose to obey you in this. It was that man's instruction, give all. What's God's instruction to you? You know, there's a way you can give. And then you just shut it down. You say, ah, okay, that's what I'm giving. And then you start worshiping and you start singing. And that's when you know you're going to pray, calm down. Let the owner of the silver and the gold, let him tell you what to do. Because in your instruction, oh, thank you, Jesus. See what Jesus said. In the book of John chapter 6, um, there was there was time to feed the 5,000. And then he asked Philip, he said, what are we, how are we going to feed all these people? And Philip said, even if we had so-so and so money. Um, but before that, he said, he himself knew what he would do. He was only trying to test him. Jesus had already knew the instruction that was required for these 5,000. Listen, the, the, that's part of the intangibles we're talking about. As a result of your seed entering ground, there are certain places that you're going to get to, that you're going to need an instruction, and it is the intangible seed, that, the seed that you're sown in the fiscal. It has gone ahead of you to provide wisdom to know exactly what it is to do at that time. 
did Jesus know that when you catch the fish, it will be in the mouth? He had done something intangible. He had done something tangible. Look at Isaac's instruction. Stay in this land. Plant in this land. And Isaac sowed in land. And the same year, he reaped a hundredfold. If he had taken that thing and planted it in Egypt, maybe twofold. But because he was open to instructions of the father, where his money and his life and his financial and his economic empowerment was concerned, he could receive instruction that was going to be the game changer. What if he had gone down to Egypt? He will have been a local champion. He will, not, he will not have been the one that was dealing with the Philistines. Dealing with kings. There was a kingly anointing upon those men. Look at Abraham. Abraham was fighting with five kings. Look at Isaac. Isaac was dealing with the Philistines. Look at Jacob dealing with Pharaoh. Look at Joseph dealing with Pharaoh. There's a stature that is required when we have instructions that come when we allow God to instruct us in our empowerment. And what happens? That is when we can enter into stature. Rise up on your feet. The stature. The stature required. Oh, hallelujah. And if you have given here and you are feeling like, oh God, am I sure I should have given? <laughs> I've given all. I've given all. I've sacrificed. I have given all that I know. God is not unrighteous to forget. He's not unrighteous. He's a faithful God. He's a faithful God. He's the one that brings the harvest. He is the Lord of the harvest. Stay in faith. Every time you remember that seed, thank God for the opportunity to give. Every time you remember what you have given, thank him for the opportunity to give. Thank him for the blessing that is upon you. Thank him, thank him, thank him. And say, thank you, oh God, I receive. I receive that which you want me to receive. I walk in the fullness of what you want me to walk in. And I choose to come after you. I refuse to let this money hold on me. I choose to come after you. Oh, hallelujah. We're going to pray in a minute. Just one, five minutes, we're going to pray. God, we're going to be praying for instructions. 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 Listen, like this man that we've seen, sometimes your instructions is not limited to your seed. Pastor Ladi talked about the pursuit. There are certain instructions that are going to come for your prayer, that your prayer has to match up. There are certain instructions. There are certain people you are going to have to hang around in this season. There are certain people that you are going to have to divorce in this season. There are certain apps you are going to have to uninstall in this season. There are certain distractions you are going to have to put in place. Why? Because you are taking position. You are pursuing something. Jesus told him, then you can come after me. So begin to lift your voice this evening and begin to pray in the Holy Ghost and say, Lord Jesus, I ask for my own instruction. What am I supposed to give? What time am I supposed to give? How am I supposed to take this season? What exactly it is? What it is that is required of me? I choose to listen. I choose to listen. I choose to take a position to hear. I choose to take a position to receive. I choose, oh God, I choose, I choose to pursue after you. I choose to come, come, come after you. Because there is a dream that you have. You are creating me, and I want to enter into the fullness of it. What is that thing, oh God? What is that instruction for this season? Oh, Nebam Nebeli Gata Satera Tebayanavanabal Yakalagaya de Nemanamayana Malabaya de Botos Segala Gaya 
I give all, I give all, I give my time. I give my effort, I give my strength, I give my skill. I give all, I give all, I give all. I give all, Father. And I receive instructions from heaven. He said, He waking up my ear morning by morning. Ha, he'll wake you up to tell you what to do, show you what to do, and be sure to pursue after Him. Be sure to pursue after Him with your giving, with your praying, with your time, with your alignment, with your obedience. Make sure that you're obeying His instructions. Make sure that you're obedient to the whispers of the Spirit. Make sure that you're obedient and you are aligned. Hey, for some of us we are beginning to see capture images of what we ought to become what those images are going to do for you is, is going to drive your pursuit. It's going to drive your pursuit. God-given images. There's a, there are images that, are come, that can come from your environment. That's fine. There are images that can come from association, and that's fine. But there are images that the Father is going to drop in your heart. That when you begin to draw back, and when you begin to slack, and when you begin to... Take your time. It will drive you again into pursuit. When you remember, this is what you ought to be. This is what you ought to be. This is what you ought to be. This is what I've made you to be. This is what I've called you to be. This is what I've ordained you to be. It will drive your pursuit. It's going to come in this season for some of us. Hallelujah. It's going to come in this season for some of us. Thank you, Father. Our eyes are open to see. Our ears are hearing. And our heart will capture those images intangibles that make all the difference that make all the difference that make all the difference we give you thanks oh God in this season go extra tell someone beside you go extra do extra don't do it normal don't do it light don't do it okay don't do it normal don't do it average go extra take it personal take this feast personal you know they said taste and see that the lord is good that means that you have to sometimes you have to force yourself to taste that is when you taste that is when you begin to see if you don't partake of the feast then you may never see the feast has begun so taste and see that the lord is good taste in the place of prayer taste in the place of the word spend time reading the word spend time listening to the word prepare the hearts to receive seed of the word Oh, thank you, Father. In the name of Jesus. Anybody blessed this evening? Why not go ahead and give Jesus a shout? Hallelujah! Glory to God.
hope you were greatly blessed by today's message because God still has so much He wants to share with you. So stay connected every week to experience uplifting and life-changing moments in His presence.